I suppose I look at myself as, well, I've been working here on the coast now since June 2000, so it's 23 years. So I'm well established here. My business is going well. I know lots of people. And so it's very much, it's my turn to give back or how can I contribute and make a difference in my community? And whether that be through my role at Visit Sunshine Coast, which is focused on our tourism and event industry, whether it's Generation Innovation, which is a program for young entrepreneurs age 15 to 25, which is all about helping them start out. So I think for me, it's that whole drive of working with different groups of people to try and help them to be the best they can possibly be. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week I have a beautiful guest. I know they're always gorgeous, amazing guests, but Zoe Sparks is one in a trillion. She has owned her award-winning travel conference and event management company, Spectacular Events, for the past 25 years. Now, during this COVID period, she pivoted and actually set up Sunshine Boxes, which was a corporate hamper company, which also allowed a slight change in direction to take on event manager role for the FAN project, which is the food and agriculture network here on the Sunshine Coast, and the project manager role for the curated plate as part of her event portfolio. Now, this beautiful woman holds a graduate certificate of leadership. She is passionate about women in business, and she has also mentored and supported young entrepreneurs. She has led her founding Shine Businesswoman events and network almost six years ago. And more recently, she's taken up the chair role at Generation Innovation, a program aimed at developing young entrepreneurs aged 15 to 25. This beautiful soul is committed to helping others become the best version of themselves and find the confidence and skills to excel in all areas of their lives. Now, she has been recognized twice as a Queensland Telstra Businesswoman of the Year finalist, and she's also the winner of the Sunshine Coast Outstanding Businesswoman of the Year. She has a proven track record for success and achievement. And in addition to all of this, Zoe is currently a director of Visit Sunshine Coast. She's a judge for the Telstra Businesswoman's Awards and Sunshine Coast Business Awards and a Business and Tourism Committee member on the 2032 Sunshine Coast. She is also, if that isn't enough, authored five books. Now, this remarkable woman is so believes in family first. She spends a lot of time with her grown adult boys in their early 20s. And ultimately, everything this woman does, she actually credits them as being her inspiration in life and work every single day to instill a belief from them to always do their best, work hard, give back to others, and live a full life. You are going to hear exactly how this woman lives her life out loud and very full, and you're going to love a lot of the tips and ideas that she gives about not only living your best life, but also realizing that nothing comes down to chance or luck. It is all about what you give back, what you give to the world. So, my beautiful listener, strap in that you are ready for a remarkable and beautiful interview with one of my favorite people. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Self Love Podcast. Thank you so much for your five-star ratings. And I also want to acknowledge your feedback, your questions, your comments on my socials, which is Kim Morrison28 on Instagram or Kim Morrison Training on Facebook. You can also head on over to the beautiful wellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. Thank you so much for being on the ride. I truly love and appreciate the fact that you're here with me, allowing me to bring to you such extraordinary guests and quickies each and every week. Take care, be kind, and enjoy today's show. I am absolutely delighted and very excited to bring to you a beautiful guest this week, someone who I've known actually for quite some time, almost the whole time I've lived here on the Sunshine Coast. She is a phenomenal businesswoman. She's also an incredible community woman, and she's someone who gives a hell of a lot back, not only to the Sunshine Coast, but to everybody that's in her vortex. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, beautiful Zoe Sparks. Oh, thank you, Kim. What an amazing introduction. Oh, well, you are a very special soul and someone that I definitely admire and am absolutely delighted to call a friend. But also, we've done a lot of work together over the years. But before we do that, I would really love for you to explain your beautiful journey and what took you into the incredible corporate areas of life that you have been so talented to be in. And also, what's led you on the path, this new beginning that you're in right now? Yeah, and there has there's been a huge amount of change in the in the last couple of years in particular. But um, I was someone who came out of school, deferred from uni, and basically mum and dad said, well, you need to go and get a job if you're taking a year out. And I literally fell into being a travel agent um, here on the Sunshine Coast in Caloundra back in 1990, it would have been. So that's a um, long, long time ago now. And for me, that was a whole awakening. I've always been passionate about travel, but that really opened me up to the world. I was very, very fortunate in that I worked for a guy who was very keen to send me out to experience all that Australia had to offer and also overseas adventures as well. And I just found my niche. So at that point, I never went went to uni. Um, I stayed working in travel. I ended up winning a big award for Travelland. Um, in the late 90s and that took me then to move to a head office in Sydney where I was for nearly five years and and there I fell again into conferences and events because that was part of my role and that developed that whole love of events conference work um, which I've always loved and has always been there behind the scenes so I think for me, I always believe nothing happens by accident right and I know I said then twice I fell into and I think we sort of manifest and concoct that or drive that. But um, I just was very, very lucky to find my calling really early. And over the years, I've slowly developed that business and it it moves and sh- takes different forms and shapes because I'm someone who's always wanting to grow, always wanting to progress, um, love the diversity of what I do, um, which is opening up the world to people, but also running conferences and events that really deliver inspiration, education, training and development. And that has always lit me up and and floated my boat. And then from there, so Spectacular Events has been here. 1998, I started it. And so we're heading into our 25th year, which is really exciting. That's in, uh, in June. And 
you know, what a milestone, hey? But all the way through, it's been my um, stead force or, you know, thing that really keeps me grounded and it's my company. I love it. I'm so passionate about it. But it takes different forms. You know, for a long time it was focused on travel and it went into half travel, half events. Uh, it's always led me into the mentoring space and working with community and developing relationships and things like that, which have opened up doors. And um, it's now come all the way around. And I suppose the last five years, I've been totally focused on conferences, events and group travel. And I'm so lucky that's where I'm at now. And COVID obviously shook up our industry in a big, big way. Um, But I've come out the other side and I'm now fully immersed in a corporate world with a corporate hamper business as well. That was my little pivot um and yeah no it's it's been an amazing journey and I still feel in some ways I'm right at the very beginning even though um you know I know I've been around forever and love what I do really love what I do and in amongst all of that you're a mum I am a mum <laughs> you are someone who has been very passionately and actively involved with your children your two beautiful boys who are now young adults yeah could you just explain a little bit just before I go on to some of the areas that you've spoken about I would love for you to explain how you managed raising two boys amongst growing a business over the last 25 years was that challenging for you or what were some of your tips and ideas to get through those years yeah no it was and I think um so I've got two boys they're now 23 and 20 which still amazes me um, but we ended up as being the three of us from a very young age. The boy's dad became very unwell. Um, they were only, I think, seven and four at the time. Uh, so he was has never been able to be a feature in life. And, and in all honesty, everything I do, even though people see me as this high-flying businesswoman, that's everything that I do, works my everything, it's actually not. It's those two boys that have totally driven me all, all the way through because it has always for a long long time being the three of us and for me it was very much I wanted to provide them with the best possible life I could because I was doing it by myself I was having to be the sole provider um, which is what's always made me work very hard was that I wanted to be able to send them to private school I wanted to be able to take them on holidays I wanted to give them an amazing life and I'm really really proud I look back now and I'm so proud of the two young men They've become, you know, they're kind, compassionate, lovely boys, get on with everybody. Um, you know, it's a it's a big achievement. And as I say, that they have actually always been my driving force. And we're so, so close. We're still close, even um, now they both live in Brisbane, actually, but we're still very, very close and talk almost nearly every day, which is just amazing. I think communication is something that you do very well and obviously your love of community and your love of events brings people together. So I would love to actually talk to you a little bit about, I mean, I started in travel as well. At I fell into it, if that's the right word as well, at 18 years of age after six months at uni, decided business law wasn't me. And I just fell in love with travel as well. But in our day, Zoe, back in the 80s, there was things called familiarizations or educationals. And we would get taken to places and we'd go and inspect hotels and we would get to visit beautiful parts of the world. Is that still a feature nowadays? And not only is the education familiarization, is that a feature, but also with COVID and everything that's happened to the travel industry, has it completely ruptured it so that they don't even exist anymore or are we back? 
Yeah, no, in real terms, um, and I know those glory days, that's actually what enabled me to to basically travel the whole world throughout the 90s was a really big thing. Um, then I had my kids in the early 2000s, which probably stopped me a little bit. But even then, that whole familles, as we call them, um, became a lot more limited. It was based on um, you still got to travel, but you had to earn um, the brownie points, I guess, to be able to to go on those things. And now the demand is so great by the general public and especially after COVID for what we need. There just isn't the space or the capacity. So I think a lot of it now is virtually non-existent. It's what you do yourself and where you take yourself more so that you get then you get taken in groups. So um, with events, I still do get to do a few few bits and pieces where I go and check out cities and, um, and, and look at what they've got on offer. And that's the biggest thing in our industry is if we look at today compared to you know, 20, 30 years ago, the world is a completely different place. Um, and so even some of the places you visited, you know, they're quite different now and the way they operate is quite different. Um, but travel post-COVID, gosh, it's a different beast. You know, the, the flights are so much more expensive um it's very hard to find seats so whereas people were very used to booking last minute and just jumping in now in real terms if you don't book months and months ahead the chances are you won't get a great deal and you won't get the best best possible thing and that's the hardest thing to educate people and particularly in that group space where I work is you know I've had a um a group that's come through to me from overseas it's 100 people traveling in from Asia in July I can't find them flights. I just can't find they, they just don't exist. Um, and people just, oh, well, that, there has to be flights. There has to be. But because things are so different and the workforce is different more than anything, you know, it's a very slow recovery process. And we've said all along in travel that it will be 2024, maybe even into 2025 before things start to really settle. But you know, again, we're in a whole new world now. I don't think it'll ever go back to what it was. We've just got to keep moving with the change and and whatever's happening. And capacity is a real problem, real problem. Yeah, I can imagine. And I guess with that that whole pivot that the industry itself has been through, that also would have ruptured your business to an extent. And as an award-winning businesswoman, I guess rather than feeling like your whole world's caved in, you just somehow pivoted, turned and created other things out of these last few years. Tell us a little bit about what you did through the last three to five years. Yeah, well, and it has, it's been, um, I feel that my whole life has evolved and changed, you know, immensely in those, in those few years because COVID for me, um, my eldest had finished school and was already at uni in Brisbane. My youngest was coming through grade 12. Um, a lot of my personal world fell apart at the time. Um, obviously, my work world completely fell apart. Um, yet the hardest thing for people working in travel in particular was that um, even though the world came to a halt, we were still working all day every day on processing refunds and making changes to bookings and talking to people and keeping them happy. So it wasn't as if you could just go off and find a new job because we were still working around the clock, even though we were working for no pay, no recognition. And a lot of the time, you know, people get distressed and upset in those situations. And, you know, I'm very thankful that I didn't have any nasty situations to deal with. But gosh, the travel industry in general went through a, a really rough time. Um, so I thought, well, what can I do? I'm not the sort of person that sits around um, 
and so I created, I actually have always, as you know, loved the Sunshine Coast and everything about it, um, had been starting to do a little bit of work with FAN, which is the Food and Agribusiness Network. So I knew how many producers were here on the Sunshine Coast and that they were trying to develop, you know, food products and um, it were renowned, you know, with the craft beer capital of Australia here, um, all sorts of things like that. So I developed corporate hampers because when I was in travel, and still I'm in travel, but at, when we were fully in that space, people were always asking for how do we get cheese and wine boxes? How do we get breakfast boxes? Because most of our accommodation here on the Sunshine Coast is apartment style. It's not hotel. So there's not cafes and restaurants attached. They've got to go looking for that. So I felt, well, maybe this will create a need, um, sorry, create, fulfill a need and basically create some work for some of those local producers because they were doing it tough too. You know, everybody was doing it tough over those times and um, it was how can I support local, buy local and put that out there. So Sunshine Boxes was born and that's actually three years old now and people did think that, well, when events opens back up again, would I keep going? And the answer is a wholehearted yes because I love it and we look after quite a few corporate clients. We've got regular orders. I think last year, I think it was something like we did 2000 170 something boxes um in the year we, we get or maybe that was just over the um two or three anyway there, there was one order that nearly killed me that was 450 of one thing and that was a real eye-opener so a lot of that was a big learning curve and looking at you know what what can I do and how can I progress but it, it's now a fully fledged sort of standalone business events are back with bells on working around the clock and um, and I've landed on some really exciting projects. So I'm the project manager for the Curated Plate, which is our culinary food and wine festival here on the Sunshine Coast. Um, last year we did a side plate version and this year it's a full-size version again, which is exciting. Um, I'm working in a lot of niche areas, which, which I love because that's quite diverse and something a little bit different to my regular corporate conferences and so it will complement each other really well. And do you find then with having the realization that we're in a stuck, we were stuck, we we're in a funk, we were trying to support one another, your love of not only supporting the Sunshine Coast and locals here, do you realize just how much you impacted on many of the local suppliers by giving them hope when it felt like at one point, I don't know if you'll agree, it felt like all hope was gone. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. And so your genuine love of people and bringing them together, perhaps even your love of events and that incredible ability to bring communities together is actually one of your biggest, strongest points. How would you describe then, in your words, what does community actually mean to you? And how do you keep it? Do you have it small? Do you have different communities? Do you have large communities? Is it just one big community? Because so many people say to me, Zoe, there's something in the water on the Sunshine Coast. What is it about the Sunshine Coast? So tell us what your definition of community actually is. Yeah, and we are on the Sunshine Coast. We're such a collaborative community that really works together together. Um, there's a lot of people here that believe in fully supporting each other and um, and you know do, giving back basically, and for me it means different things and I can even see it in my journey in the last few years is that um, so I have an organisation called Shine Business Women and that really thrived and took off um, big time over COVID and it was mainly that women 
it, it's aimed at women in business, but of course it's open for anybody, any women um, who wanted to come together. And it sort of started out with some Zoom online interactive sessions. Um, and th- this was how it evolved. It literally started off as a conference for women to give them development and um skills and focus on developing them in a business world but COVID completely changed that so all of a sudden there were conversations and there were women talking about how you know all of a sudden they were still trying to run their small business but they were trying to homeschool kids at the same time and they'd got hubby at home or their partner at home and it was you know trying to support him and everyone was getting used to working from home and there were so many issues and things that came up and so at the time, whereas I'd started it as a real way of showcasing women um, in business, not just on the coast, but around Australia and also overseas, and focusing on all of that personal and professional development, it really evolved into a whole networking group of people supporting each other and just being able to chat and open up. Um, And the interesting thing was at, at the moment, that's all quiet. And that is my fault because I'm immersed in a whole sort of corporate world and it took me a long time to sort of think well now it's a little bit time for me I've had two or three years where I've given as much as I possibly can to these people in this space Um, I've always been passionate about women in business and young entrepreneurs and bringing people through and to me that's what lights me up and that brings together a whole range of different communities but I suppose I look at myself as well I've been working here on the coast now since June 2000 so it's 23 years so I'm well established here my business is going well I know lots of people and so it's very much it's my turn to give back or how can I contribute and make a difference in my community and whether that be through my role at Visit Sunshine Coast, which is focused on our tourism and event industry, whether it's Generation Innovation, which is a program for young entrepreneurs age 15 to 25, which is all about helping them start out. So I think for me, it's that whole drive of working with different groups of people to try and help them to be the best they can possibly be. And whereas I've always think I've focused on that, all the way through for the last 20 years. In the last two or three years, I've really focused on, well, that's for you too. You need to bring out the best in you and and look at what works for me. And that's probably some of that um, self-care thing. So I did did actually go and do a uni degree during COVID. Um, I did that online. So that was always something um, I've never regretted anything that I did, but I always wondered, should I have gone to uni? Should I have got that? So I actually did that during COVID, um, which was exciting. That was a master's in leadership. So something, you know, that I never would have even thought about when I was a teenager. But for me, it was, well, how can I keep developing those leadership skills and helping others become the best version of themselves? So now that's been really good. No, you are extraordinary. You truly are. And it's true. You do not stop. <laughs> you do stop. not sit still. Um, the the thing of going through uni and doing that whole thing, educating yourself, one of your greatest values is to expand and grow and share knowledge. I recall many of the different conferences that you've put on, the amazing speakers. I mean, it's it's talk about connecting, talk about meeting people that you didn't know you needed to know. And I think that was one thing that I I took away from one of your conferences because one of the speakers was a self-publishing um, business owner 
And I approached him after he spoke, he chatted, and 18 months later, my book uh, was launched. And I just don't think we realize the power of making time to go to these events. You never know who you're going to meet or who you're going to hear, and maybe not even the speakers, right? Sometimes the people you're sitting at the table with. What have been some of the biggest, most magical memories you've had in all of your years of event managing? Has any stood out in particular or any speakers or any particular audience members? What's been some standouts for Zoe? Yeah, lots of good things. And that what that's what really drives me because I guess I've always been lucky to work for big national corporate companies that have the big speakers and the big stuff. And I've always found that's motivated and inspired me. And so then a lot of the things, um, obviously, I still work for the corporates, but then things that I've run as Shine or, or doing things as, as Zoe Sparks type things has been, how can I deliver that to people that might not be part of a franchise group and get to see that or might not ever get the chance to see that? Because as you say, it's exactly um, it's exactly right. It's meeting new people. Uh, whether they be in the room. So a couple of real standouts. I, I do actually remember um, meeting Dr. Kirsten Ferguson, and she actually was one of our keynotes at my first conference. And she really taught, as in my first Shine conference, and she talked about um, the whole fact of not going up ladders, um, but actually using nets so that you harness people and pull them all up as a group. Whereas if in on if you're climbing a ladder, there's always a person in front and a person behind. And so it's how can you raise and pull people up together rather than, you know, just going up in single line. And that has always made a big impact on me. Um, I remember talking to um, oh, one of the astronauts at a 2011 conference in Las Vegas um, and, you know, he was just incredible, has always stood out. Um so, as I say, lots of people, but then there's also amazing stories. Like there's a couple of ladies on the Sunshine Coast and when they get interviewed or they talked, they will often thank me or Shine as to providing speakers that have empowered them or given them the courage to step out of their comfort zone and try something new and try something different. And honestly, there's no greater reward or pat on the back than that because you know that you've actually subconsciously I'm, I'm not a mentor that will actually talk to a person and try and push them down a track I really don't believe in that I think a person has to find their own way and what works for them and that's why I love conferences I guess is that people experience so many different speakers with so many different messages or workshop points and they will take from it what works for them and so I know that and sort of understand the power of that but then when you hear someone else say well, you know, I decided to go down this track and create my own small business. It was because such and such at the Shine Business Women Conference says this. That's just amazing. You just know that you've really, really impacted and affected people and, and that, you know, is a massive reward. It's, it's lovely when people do that. Well, I want to thank you for it as well, right here, yeah. because I have had the privilege of being on that platform with and for you. Oh. And it inspires me every time to be around your energy. You also, uh, with your event skills, you are also the manager, for want of a better word, of the launch and the touring of my book. 
And so your skills and desire to actually see people shine is also one of your incredible drivers, I would imagine. Can you just tell us what SHINE stands for and why you created it? And then tell us also as to why you felt that this was such an important way to bring these women in business together. Yeah, so um, SHINE literally does stand for Supporting, Helping, Inspiring, Nurturing and Empowering Businesswomen. And it's always been aimed at whether you're an employee, an employer, uh, a leader, a student, anybody really to help you. It's all based on personal and professional self-development. Um, for me, it was about sharing people's stories. So there are a couple of books, Shining the Spotlight books, which basically um, tell the story of 50 women or 52 women in each book um, that ask them questions about what inspires them and how have they um, navigated the world because I think there's always messages. We can always learn something from everybody that that we hear from. So at the time, it was actually really funny because I was speaking at um, a Sunshine Coast Grammar um, International Women's Day event and uh, the MC of the event was um, Sammy, who was at the time with Hot 91. She's now with Mix. And Sammy, basically, I was talking about sharing women's stories and she said, why don't you, why don't you set up something? You should do this more formally or, you know, create, create a network. And literally that's how it was born. It was, yeah, why don't I? This is great. Um, and so that's always been really important to me. And then a few years ago, I started working with Generation Innovation, which is um sort of a young entrepreneurs group. And so that really expanded me into more of that youth market and males and females, because even though people think of me as shine businesswomen, for me, it's all about males, females, whoever's the best person for the job, whoever's the right person for the role. We've all got strengths. We've all got weaknesses. And if we all work together, we light each other up and uh, lift each other up. And I know often I will get asked, you know, what about the glass ceiling and all these sorts of things? And I'm very lucky. I work in an industry that's very heavily female orientated. So, um, you know, it's always been women, but all of my bosses have been males and they have been the most supportive people ever in my life. They've always encouraged me. They've always pushed me forward um, and they always encouraged me to try new things. So, I'm not one of these people that thinks it all has to be about business women or it all has to be about, you know, it's everybody. And I think most people all want to look at trying to make a difference while they're here. Like we're here to make an impact and we're here to help others and we're here to give back. And yeah, there's so much to do, so much to do. You certainly do it well. You mentioned very briefly there, Shining the Spotlight. You have authored a number of books. Could you tell us about those books? Because I know people listening to this, particularly if they've got young uh, adult children branching out into the entrepreneurial world, I think they could be very inspirational, but also those of us in business. Every single one of your books have been a really amazing insight as to how to be a bigger, better version of oneself. Can you tell us about those books and where we can get them? Yeah, so there's a business trilogy of books, um, which is all about starting out in business, getting the best out of business, then how to reward um, an award. So reward and recognition has always been something that's really important to me. And I guess I was being asked so often to, could I mentor or could I um, spend time with people and could I help them? And 
I just, you know, life is busy and events are busy and, and a lot of it was how do I share what I've learned with people? So I basically just started writing and it was it was that simple and it ended up being three books. It's all business tips to help people starting out and it's all in sections. So um, it does help people, you know, if they're starting out how to start, then the second one, Healthy and Wealthy, is all about making sure that your business is profitable, um, but that you are looking after yourself as well, the importance of finding that balance. And then the third one is all about reward and recognition. So big topics I'm passionate about. Um, the Shining, the Spotlight, there's two books, and they basically are showcasing the stories of 52 women in each book. So it was one for every week of the year. And um, they're women from the Sunshine Coast, from Sydney, from all around Australia, and there's a few from overseas as well. So it was just good to get some different perspectives. Um, all of those books are on either um, shinebusinesswomen.com or zoesparks.com. So, yeah. I can highly recommend it, and I'll make sure those links are in the notes. I want to check in with you personally. You have grown uh, not only amazing businesses, you've pivoted, adapted, you've grown, you've diversed, you've educated yourself. Um, you honestly sound like an incredible superwoman, which we all know you are. Um, but I'm sure for Zoe, there have also been some challenges through these times. What are some of the biggest challenges you've had to face either in the business or personal world? And how do you or how would you mentor or suggest people to get through those challenges? Yeah, I do think that, um, so I have, like everybody, we all have things that that we go through. Um, for a long time, I was a single mum bringing up two young boys. And as I mentioned before, they are and still are my whole world. And um, you know, everything I've done was sort of into channeling and helping them. But, um, you know, sometimes that's been tough. Sometimes that's been hard. And people don't see that. They see the whole, oh, you know, businesswoman doing everything. She's out there. She's making these things happen. But, hey, you know, I'm just like everybody else. There are times that I just crumble and there are times that, you know, I reach out for help, which I think is one of the biggest things is, especially as women, we can be very, think we've got to be able to handle it all and not necessarily show when things are tough and I've learned that no it, it, it is okay to ask for help and you know I've been incredibly lucky with friends and also my parents with everything that they've they've done for me um, and I do say as I say I don't believe in luck I believe we create everything that comes together for us and yeah, you know, I'm just I'm someone that'll always look for a solution to a problem. I'm a fixer by nature. So if something comes up, it's let's make that happen. But I think the biggest thing, um, and at the moment I'm going through some personal challenges because my dad is very unwell and that's very sad and very hard and it's awful on the family. And so juggling that with with work and everything else that's going on as well, that's that's incredibly tough. And but it's knowing that people are there to support and people are there to help and they're happy to take the load and and happy to um you know help you out and a lot of this is self care and gosh you're the self care queen Kim um, which is why I always ask you to speak at lots of events because no one does it better than you and you've taught me a lot over the years about making sure you find balance and you look after yourself because. I'm the first person to say I'm a type A personality. I'm a go-getter. I make things happen. Um, but it's just as important to invest in yourself and your self-care and well-being. And sometimes it can be tough. But in recent months, I've been doing a lot of walking. I was climbing mountains for a while. Um, you know, they're things I do to chill out. I love to read and I love to switch off. 
So usually I'm the person on a weekend that if I don't have an event on or something that I have to be out for work, I'm the person that's chilled out at home that's just relaxing, chillaxing, spending time with my boys, spending time with friends um, and just, you know, I, I do know that it's so important to switch off and, and take that time out. And, of course, we look at things on social media and everyone thinks, oh, you know, she's out all the time, she's doing all these things and life's fun. And, yeah, it is, but there's also finding that balance. And um, it, it doesn't look like that, but I think I've started to do quite well at that. It's taken a long time, but I feel like I'm getting there. I was just going <laughs> to ask, you are so amazing at so many things. Is there anything Zoe Sparks is not good at? Oh, I'm sure there's a lot. I've definitely never been sporty spice, so I'll give things a go, but um, never never been in, in that sort of realm. But no, I'm a firm believer that if you work at something and you put your energy in and, and push yourself, most things in life you can achieve. Um, I'm one of these people, I don't believe you can have it all in one hit. I've never thought that. I, I There's so many elements to life, right? There's career, there's relationships. There's family, um, self-development, finance. You know, there's so many cogs in that wheel. And I always think that there's something that needs to be worked on. You know, you can be firing on all cylinders, but there'll be something that just needs a little bit of work. And I like to try and identify whatever that spoke is so that I can then focus and invest on that so that I keep growing and, and keep learning. And for me, that whole um, that health and self-care was the one that took me the longest to navigate I think um and especially getting older so you know I celebrated my 50th birthday late last year which you know I was proud of and I set myself 50 50 things to do in this 50th year and I'm two-thirds of the way through and some of them are small things and some of them are big things but it's all about balance having fun focusing on what's important and yeah I love my career and I love my life but I also love my family and and love my boys and love my friends. You know, those those things are important. Well, I think you certainly are a reminder of what it means to have it all, if there is such a thing. And I think you do it incredibly well. I also know that you have a love and we both shared a passion with our boys playing rugby together. Is that still on the cards with your boys? Do you get down to watch games or do you still do things like that with your boys? Yeah, we still do a lot together, actually. We're we're really lucky. We're, we're still very, very close. Um and I just love to look and try new things. So you'll you'll always find me if there's a Wallabies game in Brisbane, I'll be there. Um, Lockie has started to think about whether he returns. He hasn't done rugby for a couple of years, but he's and, and rugby was my world for so so long. You know, Lockie basically started as an under six. Benji then followed a couple of years later, and and they went right through. You know, as as your son has as well, all the way through until after school. And so it was a massive massive part of our life. And as well as the the sport and the game and the love of that, you know, it was friendship bases and social bases and things as well. So, you know, when when that stops, and it did for us when Lockie finished school, it was very like, oh, gosh, you know, what are we going to do on a Saturday? What do we do? So we've developed new interests, but the love of rugby is still there. And I'm often found on the on the side of a rugby field watching and um, and being involved, which which I love, absolutely love. Cheering on the All Blacks. I was going to, no, not cheering on the All Blacks, <laughs> on the other side. But um, 
but definitely love, you know, give me a clipboard and I'll manage and count your scores rather than do the actual running, but just love. I think anything you can do with your kids and share that love, and, and that's why I was so heavily involved, was it, it enabled me to be a part of it with them without, you know, being a helicopter mum or whatever the term is, but it meant that I was involved and, and could be there all, all the way. And, um, you know, Lockie did a lot of touring, which I know Jacob would have as, as well, and, you know, we were lucky. Benji and I went and we supported it all along the way. We were, fire, you know, touring all over the world with them as well, which is great. So, yeah, miss that little side, but we we still keep our fingers in the pies. <laughs> well, the World Cup's coming up this year, so yeah. I'm sure we'll all be cheering each other on or not. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? It's so cute. It's so cute. And it is another community in itself, right, that whole yeah. sporting community. But I just want to go back and acknowledge you also too, those morning pictures of you climbing Coolum and the different mountains <laughs> and all of those sorts of things. What I love about you is that you take something on and you give it 100%. And I think that would be one of, and I don't want to put words into your mouth, but you said luck isn't by chance, um, that, that you know, we can't necessarily have it all. But I do believe if you give 100% of yourself to everything, then the definition of what having it all can certainly uh, become more magnified and more beautiful in so many ways. And so uh, when I think about you, like for you to be such a leader and such an entrepreneur and such an incredible advocate for everyone else, who do you look up to and admire the most? Who are your go-tos? Yeah, and and it's interesting because that's actually come up a few times recently where people have contacted me and they've said, you know, there, there are a lot of people, particularly here on the coast, who are very what I would call high level, highly skilled, amazing people, and it's like, where do we go to find that mentoring or that um, inspiration? Because the reality is, I, I think it's quite hard for some people that have been working hard here on the coast for a while to find someone that can challenge them and push them to that next step. Um, because there are lots of, of awesome coaches and mentors out there, but it is important that you keep stretching yourself. Um, and so it's finding someone that can push you to that next level. So for me, I do a lot of reading. I do also, um, I don't have a formal mentor and I actually haven't for a long time, but I will actually reach out and seek people, whether they're local or, um, you know, nationally that to say, hey, look, looking at this, bouncing off these ideas. And I usually like to try and find, and this sounds really funny because having lived on the coast for a long time, like yourself, we know lots of people. So I will usually try and find someone if I'm looking for advice or inspiration that is outside of my circle, who doesn't know much about me at all, so that I can sort of say, these are the things I'm thinking about so that they will give me an honest opinion and advice based on what I've told them I need help with rather than looking at me as a person. Um, and I think that's really, really important because on the coast, we all know a lot about each other and what we do. And so, again, it's finding that push. So all different sorts of people, sort of business consultants, um, local people that I meet as well that you know, new people and and they, you know, they've got something to offer or something to inspire you. And hopefully I did the same in, in return because I always try and give my time to people when they're asking questions and um, wanting to know what about this and where to go for that. But um, for me, there's a lot of reading. I love podcasts. I love doing that. Um, 
you know, when I'm walking or relaxing or whatever, listening to podcasts and listening to people's stories. I think you learn so much from listening to someone's story and it doesn't matter who they are or what they're doing or what their level is or, you know, whether they're new to business or they've been in business forever, you can always learn something from every single speech, event, speaker, workshop, everything that you go to. And I think if you can take one big takeaway and implement it, because I think that's the biggest thing. We all absorb and listen to so much, but the difference between ones that achieve and succeed are the ones that follow through and take action. And I always think that's the biggest thing. And I teach that when I'm talking to people is that it's like, it's okay having these ideas, but what's next? What's it going to take to make it happen? And silly things like back on a personal level, my list of 50 things in my 50th year, um, there's still three spots. So if anyone wants to give me an idea, I'd really love it. Um, it's, it's like, what are things I can do that I've never done before or experiences that I've never done before? Because that's what keeps making us grow. And um, I'm open to trying most new things, but I will never bungee jump. <laughs> I was going to say be bungee jumped in Queenstown. No, no, it's the only thing I won't do. I reckon most other things I'd give it a whirl. But that, so you've jumped out of planes, you've done no, hot air ballooning. My, but that's on my list. I've done hot air ballooning, um, but, yeah, not the bungee jump. Swim with sharks. <laughs> Swim with sharks. Swim with dolphins is on my list. Um, I don't think I could keep up with the sharks. I'm not sure many of us could. I don't even know if I could give up with a dolphin. Um, But I do find it fascinating because all the things that you're talking about and even honouring yourself with 50 things to do in your 50th year, I'm about to turn 55 and I always think, you know, it's true what my grandmother said, you know, the days are long but the years are quick. And it's like all of a sudden these years keep racing by and we have to take these opportunities. But you talking about doing 50 things in your 50th year, is actually an act of um, self-respect, self-worth. You appreciate where you've been and what you're, what you've achieved. And, and I, I, I think that all comes back to, as you've alluded to already, not only self-care but self-love. And so, I'd love to understand then, with your lifestyle and all the things you do, what is your definition of self-love? Um, and that's a tricky one. I just think it is doing the best you can each and every day. I've always said that when you get up in the morning, you've got a choice to make. Is it going to be a good day or a bad day? And whatever you decide at that exact point is what it will be because mindset is such a big thing. Um, Mindset can make us, as I said to you before, I'm not the most sporty person on the planet, but I'll always give anything a go. And it's all about mindset and saying, yep, I'm going to try this. I'm going to give it a go. Um, the whole self-love I'm very into. I do um, use my um, aromatherapy oils and crystals and um, I don't necessarily live by all that sort of stuff, but I know that it's really important and I know that those things make a big difference to me when I use them and I see that happening. So it is a bit of a, um, not force myself to do it, but I am a person that checks everything off lists. I am a listy person. So it, It's like, well, make sure you do this today. Make sure you drink your water and make sure you do these things. And then when you realize the benefits and everything you get from it, it makes you want to do it more and more. And that's actually how the whole mountain challenges came about was that um, my bestie was actually up from Canberra for a week just before Christmas. 
And she was so busy. She was so in demand with people wanting to catch up with her. And she said, I'm going to do my walks every day um, and then I'll work out what I do. And I said, okay, well, why don't I come walking with you every morning? Because then that can be our little couple of hours. We would start at six and that'll be our couple of hours and you can go off and catch up with all, all these other people. And then it it very quickly turned into, well, let's do all of these mountains and um, and sort of went from there. And then there's another friend who, you know, I've been walking with a lot and he's been really inspirational and we have great chats and talk about life and everything in general. So that's all all really inspiring. So it's finding those little things, but it's like now I am addicted to the whole walking and let's go and do this and let's go and do that. And so it's little steps that make a big difference. Um, but then you realize the impact it's having on your mental health, on your well-being, you feel good, you feel alive. And um, you know, and that just makes it great. So yeah, I'm not climbing as many mountains as I was, but I'm still walking a lot and doing um and it's fitting it in as well. So I am the person that gets up and does the sunrise walk because you get that amazing part of the day. I think it's the best part of the day ever. And you get that little bit of time that's just for you. A lot of the world is still sleeping um, and, and it's a great time. And then you come back energized, ready to, to start your working day. And um, yeah, you know, sometimes it is tough getting up at 4.40 in the morning when it's dark, but the benefits, you know, once you're up, you're up, right? It's good. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And as you said, which I think is really powerful in there, is actually doing it enough times that it becomes a habit and then becomes an addiction, a good addiction. Mm, mm. And you um, teach that 28 days to form a habit. I know that. <laughs> good to see you are listening, darling. Yeah, I do listen. I do listen. Well, I'm excited because this year I'm also speaking another conference with and for you. So oh, I, wow. I love our connection. And what I love most is that even though we have a lot of corporates and entrepreneurs at all of these events or people that give a lot to their business or to their career. I love the fact that you make real mention of the importance of self-care and taking care of oneself and mindset and all of those things, which is why I too educated myself all through COVID and just thought, well, what else can I give to people? And I don't know about you, but it's my clients and their demands or needs that has inspired me to want to learn and grow more. And so I want to check in with you at this point of your life, 50 years of age. Have you got to the point where you could say, I've made it? Or has there a whole lot more for you to achieve in your humble opinion? I definitely, I will be brave enough to say, yeah, I've made it. I know I've made it because I've never been as happy as I have been probably in the last 12 months in particular, whether that was because 50 was looming and shining down on me and it made me self-evaluate quite a lot because I actually think it did. And I, I've never been daunted by age or worry about that in any shape or form, but it was very, have I made a difference and, um, you know, what impact have I made? And then it's very much a, you know, but, gosh, could be here for another 40, 50 years again. So you're halfway through. What are you going to do next? And that's literally how I looked at it. And so that was what um, made me come up with, let's look at experiences and where do I go next? Because for someone like my company, I've had it for so long, it'd be so easy to just do the same thing every day. And obviously every event is different and it's different people and it has different nuances, but it is running an event. Um, and so for me, it's always looking at, well, how can I do things differently or 
different clients and different directions and and different ways to do things. And I've always liked to challenge myself on that. I like the diversity of my clients. Um, They always have something to teach me too, which is amazing. And they're usually different industries, so there's always different stuff to learn. So I think I've made it, but I still know I have a lot to do and a lot to achieve and I'll never stop because I am a bit of a believer we're all here to live with purpose, to experience life to the fullest, to do the very best we can all the time. And so you've got to keep stretching yourself. It doesn't matter if you're 50, 60 or 70 or just starting out. What are you going to do to stretch yourself? And I think it's so important to have goals um, and things that we want to focus on. And they don't all have to be great, big, massive things, just little things, but have things that are important to you that you want to work on or you want to develop. And that's just how I live my life. It's it's not always a what's next, what's next, but it's a how can I keep growing? And that's literally how I look at it. And for me, it's not all even about just ticking off and achieving. It It is about how can I keep growing and how can I keep learning? And that's how I try to live my life. You do it very well. I just want to backtrack a little bit because of you doing all these things well. Can you tell us a few of the things you've done as part of those 50? Yeah. So, um, gosh, so many. So, and they, and they're very diverse. So the, the mountains was one of those. Um, Japan is on my list and I'm going there very soon. Um, what else have I done? Oh, like paint and sip was one was because I'm a shocking artist, but I've actually learned that if you follow a system, I now have a couple of paintings that look okay, not terrible. Um, so there's all different sorts of things on there. Um, uh, quite a lot of it is travel and weekends away. Um, the Sunflower Festival was a big one. And I went to the Sunflower Festival a couple of weeks ago down at Calbar. That was an experience. Um, tickets to Robbie Williams. That's I have seen him before, but just obsessed. So that's later on in the year. Um, yeah, lots of different things. Um, making a gingerbread house. That was one. Making a gingerbread house at Christmas because I'd never done it. And so I went and uh, went with a few friends. We went to do the gingerbread house and that came out looking great. So as I say, some things are big and there are a couple of travel things on there that are quite big. Um, and then some things are just small because it's just about trying new things. So, yeah. I love it. And we had our beautiful high tea. We had our was that, beautiful was that high one tea. Of the, was that one of the 50 or was that just no. a celebration? Yeah, <laughs> that was just a celebration. That was a celebration. Um, yeah, lots of experiences, cooking classes, um, doing the boat, saltwater eco tours, which is amazing if anyone, if you live on the coast and there are all these things to do that you often don't get to do. And that's sort of the the boat trip out in Malolaba Harbour. That was that was awesome. Um, I do have on there to swim with swim with the sharks, at, but at sea life, so quite calm. I think <laughs> that's on my list. And you're in a um, cage, hopefully. In a cage, hopefully. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so a wide range of things, wide range of things. Just trying Amazing. to think. I should have had it in front of me because there's a few things on there that are quite cool. <laughs> we did 50 gifts for Danny when he turned 50. Oh, it was wow. just every now and again there was 50 and some of those were experiences and some of them involved him taking us all out to lunch or you know like <laughs> no. he may well, not quite have realized. It is, it is actually tough to come up with it and that's why and someone said they don't all have to be big because I think you start at first thinking all these big things but it is actually quite tough. Um but now as I say working my way through them 
working them quite. But there's lots of experiences on there. A lot of them are trying new things or just dabbling in stuff because, again, it's um, if you don't try, you don't know. And we can't take it with us, right? But if we can be on our deathbed and go, you know what, I gave it my all and I made it. At every level I could say I made it. No regrets, lots of learnings and beautiful, as you said before, even the challenges, whilst you can be in the throes of those, how you choose to show up, your attitude through those, regardless of how tough and challenging it is, allowing yourself processing and time to actually grieve or go through the experience. But also I think from your point of view, it's just keep showing up one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And I love that about you. And so Mm -hmm. as we come to the close, like I really want to think about now, let's, let's showcase the Sunshine Coast because I've been having some beautiful guests on the show now that there's just so many amazing, not only women, but men as well. It's just such an incredible area. And given the context of your work now about the Sunshine Coast. What is it you'd love to say to someone who's listening to this who isn't from here or has never visited? What would be your words of advice? Yeah, definitely come to the Sunshine Coast. There is so much here, so much to see and do. There are so many experiences and it's something that people always think Sunshine Coast, yeah, it's a bit quieter, there's beaches and yeah, we do have that. And they are stunning and it is glorious. But we just have so much else here as well. You know, our restaurants are out of this world. I mean, what we have planned for the Curated Plate, which is a 10-day festival, the ideas and things that people have come up with, like it will be so hard to pick what to go to. Um, And we've got all that amazing hinterland area. There's so much stuff for kids. There are so many beautiful walks and hikes. And if you're into mountain biking, you know, there's trails. There's just so much stuff that we have here. And um, until you really immerse yourself or go looking for that, you don't always know that it's here or, or what there is to do. But we grow, you know, there are, we have so many amazing producers um, and markets and beverage creators like as I think I said before we're the craft beer capital of Australia and and we have amazing stuff um to go and see and and to experience the whale watching when the whale watching is on is just to die for you know it's every bit as good down here as it is everyone always thinks Harvey Bay whereas here it's closer it's quicker it's better so we're very very lucky we have so much here it's the most amazing place to live and I think that every morning it's like this morning down um on the beach watching sunrise and, you know, we'd come out of rain and it was windy and you looked at it and all of a sudden the the, um, the sun came up and the wind dropped and it's just paradise. It really is just paradise. And you just look out thinking, wow, this is where we live. This is what we get to experience each and every day. And we're so, so lucky. We're so blessed. We live in the most amazing part of the world. And, um, yeah, would love anyone to come and check it out for themselves for sure. I could not agree more. I did the same thing this morning as I was watching the sun come up. I will add, I was removing a life-sized something or other thing that my cat bought in. So um, that kind of woke me up very abruptly and then thought, well, I might as well watch the sunrise now that I'm up. Um, But I was intending, but it is a beautiful place. Is there any particular website or place to go for people to find out more about the sunny coast in your opinion, or is there a few? 
Yeah, no, definitely visit sunshinecoast.com.au and they're on socials and even just, you know, following them on social media, you will see what amazing things we have here in the diversity. Um, and we're, we're actually quite a long region, you know, from Caloundra all the way through to Noosa. There's something for everyone here. Um, and, and it shows because we're very fully booked and heavily booked in that whole travel space at the moment. It, it is a highly sought after place to come and visit. So I think people, more and more people are discovering us, that's for sure. More and more people, I keep getting told they're moving here, yeah. <laughs> which I love, I love. Um, Zoe, as we, we come to the close, I, I always like to ask my, ask my beautiful guests, do you have a favourite quote at the moment? And perhaps you could finish not only with the quote, but your final message to the self-love podcast listener. I've always actually lived by the same quote for, oh gosh, probably 20 years now. And it's, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always have what you've always had. And I always finish any speech or talk or anything I give, I always finish with that because it's so easy to stay in our comfort zone doing the same thing each and every day. And that's where I think if we can push ourselves to try something different, try something new, um, learn something different and look for how we can progress and go forward, yeah, that's where the magic happens because if we're open to that, and open to looking and trying new things, then opportunities will present themselves. And I think that's how I've always lived my life is, again, I'll say that whole I don't believe in luck, but at the end of the day, I think because that's my the way that I live, there's always opportunity. There's always things that you can jump into and delve into. It's all there. You've just got to be looking for it. Such a powerful finish. I'm truly indebted to you for your time. knowing how busy you are but um would you if anyone did want to follow you in particular especially around all the work you're doing uh with in the sunshine coast what's the best socials and platforms and website we can find you on yeah i do more so than websites i probably do um keep quite a lot on social media so um following zoe sparks on facebook or instagram and also spectacular events is on those platforms as well. Um, And that's probably the best way to keep an eye on. And I'm always promoting new things and events that are coming to town and festivals that are happening and showcasing restaurants and things I get to do. So it's it's a good way to keep an eye on what's, what's happening on the Sunshine Coast. You're amazing. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for not only being an extraordinary beacon of light in my world, but also I want to acknowledge you publicly for all the times you've promoted and pushed and supported me. It has meant the absolute world and I absolutely hand on heart would just love to say from my heart to yours, thank you. Thank you for being the beautiful light that you are. Oh, thank you too. I value our friendship very, very much. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.